Hi, kids. Do you know what time it is? It's Saints Network Radio time. You were probably too young. You weren't born when Howdy Doody was. I never on. did Howdy Doody. It's Howdy Doody time. It's Howdy Doody time. Hey, kids. You know what time it is? It's Howdy Doody time. So, anyway, it's not Howdy Doody time, but we say howdy to all of you. And uh, we are happy to be able to gather together as a Saints Network on this, another bright Tuesday. Now, I can't remember, Monica, uh, seminars next week. Do we normally do Saints Radio on... No, we don't do Saints Radio on the Tuesday of seminar week. No, because so many people are rolling in at that time, and we did for a long, long time. But I think we realized that people roll in, they come to the church, then they all go to lunch, and that's great. We love that. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think it's a little bit fruitless because we're just about to download... We're a ton. About to download. That's true. Get ready. Hold on to your lug nuts. We're about to download. <laughs> You're right. Okay, so this is uh, this is our Saints Network broadcast, our Saints Radio. Um, the last one before seminar. So any of you who are not going to be able to be with us in person don't be disappointed next week when we don't have Saints Radio <sighs> we can but no, we it don't. may just be you and me we don't need to we don't, we don't need to aren't you glad when we do these uh, planning sessions in the ears of all of you that's uh, just the nature of the chit-chat begin. Um, but we are looking forward to next week and uh, the build-up to the gathering has been quite something. Um, we've been engaged in a long season of prayer, directed prayer, leading up to this particular gathering and I, I'm very grateful for it. Um, you know, I think of all the different types of prayer gatherings and assemblages that we've done and, and God has blessed us in abundant ways through that. But you know, what we were privileged to participate in last Wednesday night was really superb. 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 What is that? I don't understand. Oh, you mean superb. Uh, Sylvie's laughing at me right now. But that was, uh, that was really a, a, a nice time in the Lord. And uh, don't you think? Last Wednesday? Yes, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I just went somewhere. <laughs> yes, absolutely. It was, it was. 
Of course, I was in a different room that you were in. It was so funny because we had, as we as we shared already, I'm sure on something, we had one room sanctuary where we were welcoming the presence and really tapping into what he's doing, the new creative things he's doing in the Hestime and the river and, you know, all the the wonders from heaven. And then in pastor's room in Peace Chapel, we had the doors open, so it was it was a nice a nice point of connection. But um in Peace Chapel they were focusing more on the enemy and gaining strategy and tactics as to how the enemy would be watching or copying or you can you can oh. tell it better than than oh. I can. You tell it, Mary. You know, <laughs> you tell it, Mary. Yeah, just for us to be on guard um, concerning the things that God is doing, that we don't make ourselves vulnerable or that we don't um, uh, fail to cover certain areas because we've had so many quite unusual activities that have gone on that have been obviously demonically inspired so we wanted to be watchmen and um and i can tell you that we we did send out the report to the entire network because it's it's important for all of us as part of this body to be on guard no matter where you are no matter whether or not you're coming next week or you're live streaming you are a part of what god is doing and and I can tell you, if you think for one minute that you're above any of these things or so super spiritual that they can't touch you, I'm here to tell you that going through that report, I would say I have been affected by, I mean, I have sensed or felt the touch of 75% of those things already. And either in my personal life, in, in, my, in my walk, or corporately as a body, and I mean, it's real. It, it is real. And I know that we are surrounded by his presence. He, you know, he prepares this table before us in the presence of his enemies and his banner is over us and he protects us. But nonetheless, he allows us to experience um a lot of the ways the enemy tries to um, just nudge or pierce or affect or, I mean, in any way that the enemy tries to come against us to hinder us from fulfilling the purpose of the Lord. So just be very mindful of that because, and, and read through those reports and lay claim to the promises and and be very mindful of those warnings and guard yourself up because the last thing we want is to be offended at the crucial moment when his train fills the temple and we can't, you know, individually can't go forward in the midst of it or experience what he's doing because of offense or because of any other thing the enemy has tried to stir up in us. Wow, I said too much probably. But it's it's just real. I mean, I was just down, and this is just real time, guys. I was just down there in our pre-radio prayer time, 
in the sanctuary, in the presence of the Lord, just communing with the Lord. And all of a sudden, I felt or sensed, I, I want to say the eyes of my spirit even saw it, an attack against my person, like physically, almost like I got tackled by something. And granted, I'm fine. I mean, in the natural, I'm perfectly fine. But I mean, it was like this this moment, unexpected moment, where I felt this influence just come in and like tackle me. And it felt like it was real. It felt like it was in the natural, but I, it was in the spirit. And, you know, I can say I don't even know if I've, I've had the enemy come in and try to suffocate or try to cover me or any number of ways that he tried his, you know, the, the spirit tries to come and, and do what he does, the enemy. But I don't know if I've ever felt that kind of, it was almost like being tackled. Like my whole body just being tackled like if I was a, a running back <laughs> with carrying the football. It was very bizarre. So I, I don't even, I haven't processed that, but I'm just sharing that. Somebody asked me after our prayer time on Wednesday because we were in the sanctuary and we were focused on the presence of the Lord and there was a, a sighting of an enemy being. And this person who's a very seasoned veteran in intercession and see a prolific seer, she said, can the enemy really come into that place where we are so tucked in to his presence? How can he do that? And I mean, we know what a theatron is. We've experienced that how many times in the midst of worship or intercession or any number of corporate gatherings that we've had. But yeah, and um, I, it's not that we welcome the enemy. It's not that we, that we are opening the door for him, but scripture speaks, you, know, you mentioned about theatron, that, you know, we also know that to the intent now before the principalities and powers in heavenly places God reveals these mysteries through his ecclesia and God God allows before he does anything for in the spirit of fair play which God is very much that um, for there to be an awareness and um, and you know, we've been in Milan, we've been to that monastery where the painting of the Last Supper is. Now we've seen that in real time. Um, but it missing from that painting was the fact that the enemy was there. Mm -hmm. And as soon as Judas took his hand out of the bowl of sop, the Bible, even in the King James, I bet it even says it in the NIV or one of those fire Bibles or passion Bibles or the what's happening now Bibles or whatever there's a what's happening now Bible? probably <laughs> but you know the enemy entered him right then so how could that be this most glorious of things where this table of the Lord is being instituted um, so we, we deceive ourselves if we don't recognize that what we're doing is that table of the Lord is what in the presence of who our enemy mm -hmm. so 
I mean, it's not that we want that. It's not that we're inviting that. It's not that we're glorifying that. But it, it is a very real part of what God allows. Now, he doesn't give carte blanche. It's for the purpose of, of portraying, you know, in fair play, so that the enemy can never say, you took advantage, or which the enemy would say. The enemy would accuse God of overplaying. I mean, it's just all done right there. This is what I'm doing. Here it is. And it's what I ordained from the foundation of the world. You didn't like it then. You probably won't like it now. Or definitely won't like it now. Here it is. And um, it's, it's revealed. So something extraordinary is being released to us in this season. And um, the, the extent of it has been um, being depicted over the weeks. Um, and the, I'm sure that our enemy is very, very much curious as to what God is doing. But then again, I'm not putting words in, in this. I'm not trying to be an advocate to the enemy. But um, he understands the ways of God. I mean, he... He, in his in his group, there are those that were created as chief of the ways of God. So he understands them. So when he sees certain factors being released, he has to be able to deduce. Now, he doesn't understand everything, what might be coming next, or why this and this and this are being released. What do they, what are they intended to produce? And then there are elements of the enemy fallen ones who were designed to originally facilitate that. So their specialty now is unclean spirits, is to block that. So you have to, you have to look at things from a tactical perspective, knowing that we're at war, and knowing that, you know, these things are in the word, and these all make sense. Do you fear that? No. Do you blow it off as you suggested some might be? No, but you're aware. It's funny because just a little bit ago when I just shared what happened, I, I had, I mean, it's almost like my emotion or my, my flesh didn't even respond because, I mean, I was enveloped in the presence of the Lord and fully trusting that He is going to protect me. I mean, I, I don't know. It's it's such an interesting, interesting. It's just so interesting. And like, for instance, the, the being that was that was seen on Wednesday, she said that she saw him. And I think it kind of startled her a little bit because of what our our directive was in the place where we were praying. And she wasn't expecting that. And she said the minute I started praying in tongues, it just vanished. And, you know, it always reminds me, we don't discount these things. We don't ignore them. We discuss them. We, we pray as the Lord would lead us in dealing with them on behalf of 
um, our house on behalf of the saints, on behalf of what is the responsibility that we have. But I always think about the story of, I think it was Smith, was it Smith Wigglesworth? Where he gave testimony about the enemy coming to him in the in the middle of the night and standing by his bedside and somehow woke him up and he turned over and looked at the enemy and said, oh, it's just you and rolled back over and went back to sleep. Now, I wish I could be like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but... But we just, we, I think the whole point is that we want to be wise. Yeah. And we are seeking the Lord for that wisdom. That was a big part of Wednesday night was just really seeking the Lord for wisdom and how to navigate. And, um, yeah. So, and to remember that the Lord allows these things because he's training us. I mean, we are, we are ever being you know we're ever learning and and learning how to navigate in the spirit realm and and i tell you this i mean if you're coming to dallas or if you're planning to be a part of this gathering they're all heavenly they're all they're all we're led of the spirit through every single gathering that we have but this is thy kingdom come Thy will be done. This is heaven bringing heaven to earth. This is functioning in our heavenly seats. This is our conversation being in heaven. This is, this is very much that. And so, I mean, my goodness, all the teachings that we've had about our spirit, our spirit, the spirit within and the power therein and the dunamis and the function and the river, you know, all of that. If that doesn't tell you that we are spirit beings living in this realm, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Just Well, to me, you know, the question that was posed to you, well, how would God allow this entity to be in, in this place? Well... The, the vitality of what your assignment was was at the at the point where the river of God comes into this systeme and um, that is an empowerment for the systeme in ways that we don't we've not recognized and that threatens all of the outposts of the enemy because it's as if God now, it's kind of like if you, if you are building a house and you have a, a electrical fuse boxes, or not fuse boxes, breaker boxes put in and wiring put in and you have all your outlets put in and you, you know, you're saying we're doing this because this is what this house needs. This, is, this will help it to function in all of its capacities. I think in some so many ways we've bought the house. The, the house is ours. Uh, when the power company says, "Okay, I'm going to come and we're going to connect you with the source now. We're going to connect you with this," um, I think the enemy has been very interested in what we've been putting forth regarding the stemmy, the power of the cross, 
all of the things about the Terrio and all of the things that we've been learning, that structure of understanding. And now God says, okay, we're going to take it up and we're going to we're going turn to the faucet on. Uh -huh. yeah. I think our enemy is very interested in that, especially an entity that has been charged to, no pun intended, to supervise the the uh, deposits of the glory that the enemy controls. And it, that entity was seen very clearly here 25 years ago. And the first time I saw it, and it was very complimentary. It, it offered me things if we would just abandon that. And I, I remember that. Now, I was not inflated by it. I didn't put it up on our website, which we didn't have at the time. But it was, it was a warning. And I remember that thing also tried to stop diversities of tongues. It detested diversities of tongues. And the way that it would, um, the way that it would attack diversities of tongues was through division and through complaint and through, um, I remember that. We, we talked about this. And I also remember that there was a very, a putrid smell that at times our seers would would perceive in regard to this being. It's, it's kind of like a, uh, a putrefying carcass with no life, something that is just cankerous. And it just had that putrid odor like burning flesh. And I remember talking about that. And, you know, Ruby, before I was listening, she'll remember this. Ken, her husband, who is no stranger to comedy, got a, an air freshener can and made this picture of Beelzebub and, and he, he wrote Beelzebub spray. He gave that to me. I still have that in my office, but I remember that from those days. And um, we never glorified that, but we recognized that, that biblically, scripturally, I mean, our Lord spoke of this. He, this entity was very notable throughout the Old Testament, known as Baal then. And, um, and I think it's interesting because if, if our friends from Mexico, if Yawali were here, they would call him Beelzebub. <laughs> That's what they call him? Beelzebub, uh, Habakkuk. You know, they, they really highlight the U, the U sound. But, um, Donnie, that's funny. And we're not glorifying the enemy. We're just speaking of things that are spoken of in Scripture. And, you know, I think I remember when we, when we would teach on this initially, and we wrote to some degree about this in Princes of the Dark Realm. Um, you have Behemoth, who is the beast, who also functions uh, in the empowerment of sons, biblically and we saw in that passage on Sunday that 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 first fruits power the ON is the force of Behemoth's navel and so the beast is really empowering demonic sons with knowledge and understanding and capacity those two work together you know, that being works very closely with Leviathan and I'm surprised nobody saw that being. I'm not welcoming it in, but uh, that being would show up on a number of occasions because it. Uh, I think it's it's busy trying to foment rebellion all around the world, but um, 
these are all entities that are mentioned in Scripture. I remember when we were in South Africa, Pastor Larry and me and, and Pastor Paul, and that was really an interesting trip. Still not fully sure what God was doing there. I know that we were on display there. The saint's message was on display. But at one point, I talked about how that they, they needed to recognize that spiritual warfare is real and that the way you triumph for the Lord is by being based in the Scripture. And I talked about, just briefly, um, Behemoth. I forget why I brought it up. Uh, and uh, there was a guy that was a professor at a university that was also on the docket to speak. And he got up and he just lambasted that. He said it was that Behemoth wasn't a spiritual being. It was a hippopotamus, a hippopotamus. And uh, he went down the party line, which is what a lot of Bible quote-unquote scholars would say Behemoth is. But there's, it's very difficult for me. And then when I got back up, of course, you know I wasn't going to let that stand. I said, for anyone who thinks that Behemoth is a hippopotamus, or as you call it, a hippopotamus, I have a hard time thinking that that is the chief of the ways of God. I mean, the God's made a whole lot of other creatures that are a lot more beautiful a lot more majestic Agile. than a hippo. Yeah. Because, I mean, isn't he over the ways of God? I mean, isn't he? So yes. how could the ways of God be so cumbersome? It was crazy. I mean, and I, I remember talking to the coordinator who had invited us afterwards, and I said, let me ask you a question. Is there some reason why you scheduled this man to speak after us three or four times? Is, do you have some political agenda here? Because every time he gets up, he disputes the message that we're bringing from the Word. Why did you schedule him? And he said, well, we, we rented these facilities, and he represents the university that owns these facilities. So... They wanted to have him attached. And I said, why did you agree to that? They didn't give you this. We're paying for this. If we pay for this, it was a really unique conversation. I said, you, we bless this man. But we're not, for these last two days we're here, I don't want him speaking after us. If you, if you want him to have a part, you let him lead a devotion at the beginning. But we're not bringing the message to have an enemy voice get up and try to disprove the message every time we speak it. He Where was, was just this? looking at me. This was in Johannesburg. Hmm. It was very interesting. Um, so, but the point for that is that don't confuse Behemoth with Beelzebub. Those are two different entities. The one that I think was seen and smelled last week was this enemy force that Jesus clearly recognized who he said was moving amongst the religion of the Jews at that time. You read that passage. And why would that be? To hinder any forward progress of what the scripture says. And Job was very much in their scripture. Mm -hmm. Um, 
You know, there's a lot of perversion of the scripture. And people, um, in part of our report um, from the Peace Chapel, you know, Dennis Stewart spoke about how the enemy would try to get us to accept a good word rather than the God word. And that's what a lot of doctrine is. It sounds good, but it really blocks what the word really says. Now, like we're going to be talking about the presence of God next week. And what a wonderful, that's the title of this seminar. How many things has God shown us in his word about who he is and his presence? We are blessed from the principle of the of the Nuach. And I remember when we were first teaching about that, you just had a little little boy whose name was that. And we talked about that. We talked about that in grace. We talked about that in first fruits. We talked about that and how God uses it, it goes from the the ruach of God's breath to the nuach of the welcoming of partnership that then should be the manuka of the abiding temple-like presence of God. We talked about that. And we talked about how that the glory of God and the weightiness, the kabod of God, would come upon people to accomplish a task or to try to convince them to turn to him. We saw that from the scripture. And then we talked about how that in the new covenant, in grace and truth, the doxa of the Lord, the glory of the Lord, was really sharpened and honed because of the, the triumph of Christ. Do you know how many off-the-wall doctrines there are about the glory of God that are bouncing around through Christian circles? And if you believe them, th that are not in Scripture, you are really operating on behalf of those that the Apostle Paul said still had the veil over their eyes. So, one of the things that I appreciate about in these days is that God in his line upon line, precept upon precept structure, Isaiah 28 for us, takes us from one point of understanding and in God's timing, he leads us into the next uh, revealing of that. And when that happens, it personifies and clarifies to a greater degree what he's already established. And one of the ways you know that this is of God, one of the ways, is that you can see it all line up. And it does not contradict scripture. It doesn't add some wacky thing that's just some doctrinal thing that preaches good. And uh, one of the things that you know and you can be assured of next week is whatever we teach with the help of the Spirit is going to be straight from the scripture. Any new revelation, any new uh, measure of declaring mysteries is going to be, thus says the Lord, right from scripture. Not from some Kabbalah taught teaching. Not from some, as blessed as it is, messianic stance. It's going to be straight from the scripture. And as long as I'm here, and I would dare say you're here, um, that's the way it's going to be. 
I don't care what anybody else says. I don't care what Richard Rohr says. I don't care what Thomas Merton says. I don't care what the guy down the street who's flying a colored flag says. This is what the Word says. And we will walk with the Word because it will never pass away. And the living Word, I'm astounded. I always say this. And I know you say this as well. At how God can breathe upon His Word and reveal a passage that we've studied for years and gained great resources from. How God's Spirit can breathe on that for us in His timing and show us something that we've never seen before and unlock through that revelation myriads of Scripture. And it's just invigorating. I don't know how God does that. But He continues to do it. Doesn't he? Amen. Now that's my soapbox, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> um, so, <sighs> we're praying for you. Mm. Um, there's so much that God is ushering each of you and us corporately into. We're praying this week about Christ being formed. And that that really is from, dare I say, the prophetic assessment of what God wants to do. What is envisioned at the right hand, what is sown in, in the seed of faith and hope, you take that to the birthing where it is manifested on earth where we depict Christ in a way unlike anything we have been privileged to depict him that's the forming and you have to you have to travail for that it has to press through that narrow that narrow stretch that birth canal as it were but it's we say it's birthing because of the travail word, but it's really a forming. We, we speak about forming as if from our Western mindset, it's just in the womb, and that does happen. But that's a demonstration of the bigger Greek ideology of having a concept and it being formed into the natural realm. That's, that's the forming taking it from, uh, uh, what's the word, from potential into function. And that's really what we're all about, isn't it? Mm -hmm. um, that's the forming. So, but, and the enemy wants you to be conformed to this world. But God wants you to be transformed with the renewing of your mind. Mm -hmm. We need to have our mind renewed so that we won't resist what the Spirit is wanting and that we will understand and grasp what God is doing from His Word. Mm -hmm. um, so we're praying about that this week. But it really is a culmination of these five weeks and I remember when we talked at the very beginning of five weeks ago, maybe six weeks ago, 
and even the progression of what God said didn't fit and I knew it at the time the progression of what we would have laid out um, but in retrospect it makes perfect sense and you've marshaled us through these weeks and I appreciate that because it had to have been prophetically released um, but but to come to this point where we need strength for the birthing we need strength for the um, for the manifestation of what the spirit has been saying um, and that formation I, I don't know to what degree it will really debut. I think it's already happening. Next week, yeah? You mean corporately? Yeah. Oh, I think, yeah, I think the progression of it is already on the move. And I think individually, you know, you might say, well, how do, how do I do this? <laughs> well, you don't. He does. But our part in it is what we know, and that is be with him, be before him, you know, spend time in intercession, spend time in commune with him, pray in the spirit, keep your spirit active with him. And um, because not to go back to the enemy, but I will say he didn't like this and the cares of this world, the distractions of this of this world, the things that are just drawing our attention or doing their best to draw our attention away from our mission and from the throne, they're very active and and they're very real. And I know personally this last season, I knew that it was going to be a juggling act for me to be able to manage the things in the natural that I'm having to manage. Um, but I knew from the beginning, the Lord just so, so just pierced this inside of me. Do not forsake me. Do not forsake your time with me. Do not forsake my calling for you to be in prayer every day. Do not, do not let that fall. And, and trust me, everything, it's like seek first the kingdom and all those things will be taken care of. That is so true. And, and you know, sometimes we don't know how that's going to happen, but he's faithful. Yeah. And, you know, I'm praying about next week that there's not some emergency that comes that. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, and two, I mean, I know some of you when you come. You you still have family at home. You still have work. You still you you juggle well coming and and being present, but also juggling maybe your job or um, your family at home or whatever it might be. And I just I just want to encourage you to really pray about that. To to just seek the Lord and how you can just release those things to him and and be fully present here because and i say that to myself so yeah
making notes of something I don't want to forget. <laughs> Is it your grocery list? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm, pop-a-pools. Uh, you ever eat those pop-a-pools that are made of popcorn? Uh-uh. Those are good. I can down there at Sprouts. For those of you who are coming this seminar, um, we have Whole Foods down here. We have Trader Joe's over on the other side of Titsi. But we have Sprouts now, where Steinmark used to be. So you have, and then, of course, Tom Thumb. Um, so you don't lack for places to, to uh, shop. Um, you know, I, Jesus said to Peter, the enemy desires to sift you as wheat. But I've prayed for you. Um, the sifting, we, we talk about, okay, this is what it meant, you know. You have the wheat, and then you have the tares, or you have the dirt and stuff, and it's flipping up. And the one thing that we perhaps don't recognize enough is that that happened during the time of harvest. You know, and, and the Bible says in the, in the end time, the angels will go, and they'll be the ones that separate them from the tares. Um, I don't know how close we are to that time, but perhaps that sifting is, is, is indicative of the fact that we're in a great time of harvest right now. Um, but there's also that measure of being contract and and getting those things that could clump up and keep us from being caught up in the wind. There's there's a fine wind that we have to be ever so contrite to be caught up and into. Um, and on you know, on Sunday we talked from Isaiah 40, verse 31, about mounting up with wings as eagles. And I, I referenced seeing those eagles, which I've said a number of times, in Uganda. But, you know, how they ceased from the strengths that they had to be able to ride that circular wind and, and to have that convection catch them way up past where my eyes could see. Um, it was fascinating to watch and I wonder if God throughout all of these challenges is not allowing us to become even more dust-like than we've been and um, so that we could even catch the whisper of his wind. Mm -hmm to be caught up into these highest places, the mount of the Lord. Um, and maybe that's why what the enemy is attacking, those words about uh, the various issues and the various cares of this world and the various points of contention or whatever. Um, as much as we've tried to surrender those in the past, God needs us perfected even more. How fine was the incense that 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 can that uh, 
creates the the prayers of the saints that is burned in that altar of incense in heaven. It just says it's beaten small. Yeah. There's something that I was thinking about this morning in light of something that I'm going to teach on next week when we talk about the river of God. And that is that Ezekiel says that it emerged from under the temple in heaven. And we know very well that in the book of Revelation, that temple is not permanent. It's not going to be there anymore at the end of the book of Revelation. So that says to me that it wasn't always there. Um, and so where it is now covers the source of the river in heaven, according to what the scripture says. So when the temple's gone, then the river is going to be used for things other than the earth as well. It'll be used for the earth, but other than the earth. But the thing that is there, if you have, according to what the scripture says, you have the throne, which is at the north, and then you have the altar of incense. When the temple is no more, that incense is right beside the source of the river. It's that way now but it's right beside the source of the river. So in eternity, we will be before the Lord, before the throne. Our intercession before God will depict the things that are in his eternal word, but that incense will always be offered. That, that altar where the fire of the Lord is will never go away. There will always be that position of incense before the Lord and it will it will depict God's purpose as we've studied about those those ingredients but the river of God as it springs forth from whatever source God has ordained will then go forth I'm sure into many places that before the foundation of the world God intended for us to to serve him in. That's just an interesting, to me that's interesting for some who listening, maybe you don't care. Of course. But you will care. That's right. Um, when that day comes. So, if we are dealing, I guess I'll get back to the point now, if we're dealing with the river of the Lord, would it not be in the Lord's purpose for our incense to be even more refined that communicates his purpose and rises into his nostrils undoubtedly mm -hmm. um, and I wonder too if when those angels emerge from that temple with the vials it's not that long after that that the scripture plainly says in the same book temple will be no more um, could it not be that the culmination of what that temple was uh, 
ordained by God to serve was now being perfected. I don't know. I'm getting off into the into the theological weeds, but sometimes it helps to see what's coming to gain a perspective of what we're doing now. I well, I just grounded in there, didn't I? <sighs> so we pray together as saints this week. Tomorrow night we gather here to pray and we'll, part of what we'll be doing is praying over the pews, praying over the seats in the various rooms of gathering, praying over the places of ministry in anticipation of the gathering and you coming. That's always an important time, isn't it? But I suspect, too, that being at the, the conclusion of the five weeks, there's something rather unique that God is going to allow to happen to commemorate that and to culminate it. What that is is up to Him. That's right. And I would venture to say that on this cycle that before the end of this gathering, We'll begin a new cycle of praying for what's to happen in Brazil and start, I don't know if we need to um, look at the calendar and break that down in weeks for the just the commission of the, the intercessors as they go forth. But uh, it's definitely something that, because, you know, I mean, of course, we come together and we 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 bask in his presence and we you know it's good and pleasant for brethren to dwell together in unity and and all the things that happen in the midst of that atmosphere god's going to transact business in our intercession he's going to drop his word into us as truth and commissioning and there's so many exciting things that are going to happen in the midst of our gathering but as a body, we, we were poised to receive, but we also have to be poised to pour out. And it definitely goes beyond us, if, if you hear what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. And so what is our responsibility to the nations and how do we activate that in this hour and really commission the intercessors to really invest themselves in what God's doing in the nations. And we usually do this at every gathering in some way, but I I know that the Lord's going to, you know, I don't want to say burden the hearts of his people, but it's it's that's legitimate to to pray and to really believe for what's supposed to happen in Brazil and France and every other nation that he's given us responsibility yeah. for. Yeah. Now part of that will be we'll have to coordinate prayer times with some of those churches down there. Um, <laughs> this afternoon, Yawali and I are meeting with one of the pastors there to answer some um, 
biblical questions, not about our calling, but just things that God's been speaking to him, and that's kind of a, it's an additional duty, what I agreed to, but, you know, that's part of our role, um, but we'll have to, we'll have to, some of that prayer, we'll have to coordinate with uh, saints down there. Now we need wisdom on how to do that. Well, we do. We need wisdom. I mean, we, we talk about First Saturday Prayer, and we've been faithful to that point of ministry for many, many years, and it's grown and expanded. We get words from Africa. We get words from Luxembourg. We get words from Switzerland and Belgium and France and... Um, we had Philippines there for many years. Yeah, but we have yet to figure out how to incorporate the Portuguese, and it requires translation. I mean, the the work that Sylvie and Luke do um, on behalf of Western Europe, yes, Africa, and and it has become just a major point of ministry, particularly for Sylvie, um, who really labors to coordinate that there in Western Europe and and translate and bring a five-fold compilation. And I'm so proud of her, both her and Nancy, um, for the way they've just really given themselves to that point of ministry and and serve in that way. So we, we do. We need wisdom in how to, because you have to have somebody who will rise up and say, yes, I'll do that. And it is the work of the ministry. It is not easy, but it is fulfilling and amazing and serves such an incredible purpose in the body of Christ and the saints. So we, because we don't speak the language, so we can't do that. So this is where, I mean, I remember in the day when we were ministering so heavily in the French-speaking nations and we needed people to not so much translate, we need, well, interpret, we needed people to translate our materials. And you come to the point where you are just got your hands open before the Lord, climbing that mountain <laughs> with our hands wide open. wide open, saying, Lord, you've got to provide because we need translators. Yeah. And so that's kind of where we are with Brazil in a lot of ways. Yeah. And, you know, I, one of the things that over the years, the last couple of years I've prayed is that eventually, not only is Brazil supposed to be uh, a, a main influence in that entire continent, but it's, at some point they're going to have to send people with this message into Portugal, which is, I remember when we were in France and the old gentleman Fraser who we loved not not Kelsey Grammer but there was an old guy who was originally from Scotland who uh, who lived in uh, in Dulafi, didn't he what didn't they, he and Nicole live in Dulafi? Luke would know but they lived in Montelamar well they would come to uh, we went to their home yeah yeah well yeah. anyway he would go over to Portugal and he said you know we go over there and we minister 
and he said, "You should come. You should. You should come." And I said, "Well, who's going to translate us?" You know, I thought of that, but we don't just go. You know, we go because God says. But I've always remembered that because they need to go back into their point of origin, their language in Portugal, and that's going to happen. So, anyway, boy, time has shot by here. We didn't even chit-chat that much. We didn't even give the weather report today. We just got right after it. Um, so, um, tomorrow, if you feel so led to pray alongside us, we're, we're just asking that God would uh, allow Christ to be manifested in a greater way in our lives, in a greater way in your lives, and in a greater way in the places where we're called to uh, to serve him. Amen. And um, we look forward to welcoming many of you here um, next week. Tomorrow we'll have Wednesday Night Live, of course Sunday services on the weekend, and then the Presence Saints Network Seminar. Woo. Any final word? No. Okay. Well, we are going to say goodbye. Not quite howdy doody time, but it's goodbye time. Goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. Goodbye.